Black lady, black lady adulting. I got bills, I got school, I got, I gotta do. Got a husband with no kids. Every night we work on it. Black lady, black lady adulting. Some say we are responsible for those we love. Others know we are responsible for those who love us. Nikki Giovanni. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Black Lady Adulting, a podcast brought to you by yours truly, Joaquina Stone. Today's episode is a very special episode. First, it's the last episode of season one. Yay! Second, it's the last episode I'm recording in Black History Month, even though y'all won't hear it until March, but still, that is significant. Um, Lastly, I'm recording this episode with a special guest, my first guy guest male guests it's i guess it sounds weird to say guy guests but i don't want to say male guests because i guess i could I'm my, a first, man. my my first man guest my first man guest um and it's the <laughs> first time that my guest is in the same room with me so because i started black lady adulting during the pandemic um i haven't really had a chance to speak with per- with people in person um which worked out because some of my guests are across the country and they still added some really great perspective but anyway um this is the first time that my guest is sharing my space so that is exciting um anywho today's guest didn't want me to read an extensive bio because he's difficult and so i'm just going to share some tidbits um he's a portland oregon native a marketing specialist an avid blazers fan even amongst their challenges watch your mouth i'm 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 a fan too. I'm just saying they be having some challenges. Um, he's a lover of all things black history and he is married to a pretty dope woman, a pretty dope black lady who's adulting. Um, so today's guest is none other than my husband, Delon Stone. Yay. Welcome, Delon. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. Can I can I use my midnight storm voice? No, please don't. No, okay. No, this is <laughs> not that kind of podcast. Um, <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about black love. We're going to chat about all kinds of love: romantic love, family love, agape love. Um, we'll also speak candidly about how black people can just be better at showing up for one another. Because I know oftentimes when people hear black love they think of romantic love which i do too but i also think that black love extends beyond that it's family it's friends it's your community um so how we how we can better show up in love for our you know black brothers and sisters so we'll, we'll try to talk a little bit about that today's conversation is going to be more conversational uh i think typically <laughs> typically i you know, ask questions to the guests and it's just like me asking questions, but hopefully today will feel more like a dialogue and less like an interview. So we are going to get started. You ready? Let's do it. All right. So Delon, what do you love about black love? What What are the best things about it? I think one of the main things about it um, that I love is not having to always explain myself. And there's all there are a lot of like unwritten, unsaid things that occur within like black relationships that that make me feel like very comfortable and make me feel like I'm understood. Like there are, you know, there are a lot. It, it becomes really difficult and burdensome and tiring to always have to explain why you're upset or why you're happy about various things that are going on, like in 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 mainstream culture or somebody getting followed and 
in a Target or whatever it is, and and you happen to sit down and break it down piece by piece why that's bothering you or why that's troubling to you. Um, so being in a black community and not having to do that and not having to go through that process um, is something that I really love and amongst uh, many other things. What are, what are some of those many other things? <laughs> what, do you, uh, what do you love about the black woman? The black woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, I.e. me. But generally oh, wow. speaking, no, <laughs> okay. no, no. But no, black generally lady speaking, adult, nah. um, what, do, what do you love about black And well, let me backtrack because I do okay. think it's important. I think what you pointed out is very important. Like when you remove that race layer, there's less explaining. There's an understanding. Like yeah. there's a a shared experience that black people have. Yeah. And so there's not the need to always have to say, well, I'm feeling this way because of X, Y, and Z. Um, and so I do, I do understand that. And I appreciate that. But I also want you to share more about, you know, what do you love about the black woman? Because that, what you described, you can have that with your homeboys. So, okay. What do you uh, love about the black woman? But, okay. Um, <laughs> wow. I, and I, I, I hate to, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is like the strength. Um, and I know that becomes like a, a, bi- a bit of a debate of why is the, why does a black woman mm-hmm. have to be so strong? Why does she have to all these kind of different things? But I but it is um, remarkable to me to see a lot of things that black women go through and just kind of like power through. So uh, resilience, resilience that that works. Let's okay. do that. Um, I mean, you can say strength, but no, 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 no. Resilience. that works. That works. Um, resilience. Um, what else? The style. Um, black women do have have style. <laughs> you be styling. Uh, <laughs> um, yes, collarbone. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> um, uh, you know, style, grace, the wittiness. Um, to all my ladies in the place with style and grace. Sorry. Are oh, you playing the background of that? I'm sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, it's just you know, it's just it's a a bunch of things um, that I I love. I enjoy. Um, I think just being just have an opportunity to be in community and and have conversations and really gain and give like a, a back and forth on you know various topics various subjects so yeah yeah I think for me when I think about black love I'm going to talk about black love first in a romantic sense and then I'm going to talk about what I love about black men um okay. so I would say for me black love is revolutionary um, I am a revolutionary <laughs> I really think that it's revolutionary when we live in a world that can often feel anti-black in different different locations of the world um it can feel very anti-black at times and we're often told that you know black folks aren't worth loving they aren't worth living um and the destruction that our community faces at the hands of external folks because they don't love us um, who sings that song? Mother Ethel's never loved us. Who sings yes. that? I think that's Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick Lamar. Um, maybe. No, that's uh, that's uh, my bad. That's Drake. Uh, that's, oh darn! I'm yeah. quoting a Drake song. That's yeah. Drake. Yeah, that's Drake. I was thinking. Okay, never mind. But anyway, look at so, you. Look at you. Look at you. But anyway, so yeah, I think <laughs> that when we're you know told that like we're not worth loving and we we live in a world that can um, feel like folks who aren't black don't love us. Is revolutionary to say that despite what you have tried to tell me about me, 
I'm not buying into that. I'm not accepting that. So that's the part that feels revolutionary. And I just think that black love, I don't know, it's just like a warm embrace. Um, it's just like, you know, it it feels like your auntie, your, your aunt, ooh, wow. your auntie, <laughs> your auntie, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> your auntie at a uh, at a church picnic or something giving you a yeah, big hug. But no, really. So I feel like uh-huh. so when when I think about black love in the community sense, it's like you know having that understanding, the shared experience with other black women, with black men, having the warm embrace, having yep. our own language yep. of like how I say like yes hair, yes collarbone, like how we compliment each other how we show up for each other in that regard and so I think when black communities and black love are strong we win and so in that regard I just I just love it I I love it and I will say that you know long long before you um okay now I was in an interracial you know relationship with uh another person of color and I remember saying like we need to talk about like race and um how your race is different from mine and what that means and I remember he was like upset like why are you why are you talking about that like that's not important and that's when I realized like I'm never gonna date a non-black man again because it's just like I'm not gonna act like anti-blackness doesn't exist I'm not gonna act like it's not real and like you said having that shared experience that's a convert that's there there will be other arguments relation that we'll have in relationships but that's not gonna be one of them like I don't have to talk I don't have to argue with you about the difference in experiences of black people in this country and in you know certain cases in this world and so in that regard I love it now what do I love about the black man Oh my Y'all gosh. be <laughs> what is that? <laughs> no, I just that's that's one thing I don't love about the black woman. Don't hate, don't hate. Okay, you gonna get all of us holistically. <laughs> um, but no, I love. I think black men are just beautiful. Y'all are intelligent. Y'all have swag. Like y'all be swaggy. Like y'all don't y'all you don't be seeing. Well, I guess you probably don't follow the accounts on Instagram, but. Y'all be swagged out. Um, And I just feel like there's just such diversity in black men in like your your looks, your intelligence, your what you bring to the table. I don't know. I just I adore the black man and the black woman. I just love black people. I just love black people. Thank you. Um, I wasn't targeting that at you specifically. (laughs) I love you, too. (laughs) I'm talking about black people. (laughs) All right. So what do you feel like is powerful about being in a black union you might have already touched on this a little bit but if you can dig a little deeper uh, i think the most powerful thing about being in a black union is that in spite of like you were talking about earlier in spite of us being told how worthless we are um and in spite of like all, all the obstacles that were have, have been put in place if you look at it, you go back to say let's start at slavery and us not being allowed to get married, but we're getting married anyway, starting our little families on the mm-hmm. on the plantation. If you look at all the things when you go come and you start moving forward as we're trying to um, talk like like reconstruction era era and all that kind of stuff um, moving forward, we're trying to build our homes, build on lands, and we're not being given um, some of the same opportunities that other families were given that to start their their legacy and, and various things that we're still moving and figuring out ways to grow and figuring out different ways to to prosper and and for me knowing that 
I am now part of that legacy, and now in, in a, I'm in a black in a black union, and I'm, I'm trying to build something on on our little piece of land. You know, um, I think that is like really powerful, and really it really makes me um, I'm really like in awe of the ancestors and what they did to like kind of like you know you look at the, uh, the the prison system and and how a lot of our families a lot of Black and brown men are really like thrown in there uh, for various reasons, unfair reasons, um, a lot of times, and and that is like really doing a number on the black family. And but but black black love isn't going anywhere. Like right. it's not. It's still powerful. It's still here. It's still setting examples everywhere. And so I think it's just in spite of being able to really prosper, it's just like a really powerful thing. Yeah, it reminds me of, and I'm really bad at names. I remember you and I, and actually your little sister, when she was here visiting, and we took her to the different college campuses. We went to a talk. This was when outside was open. Yeah, and we went to a talk at um, the Black Smithsonian. I guess their official name is the National Museum of African American History and Culture, but let's just call it the Black Smithsonian. And it was um, a woman. I can't think of her name. I know she's a professor, black woman. Um, I think she teaches at Spelman. Anyway, Mm -hmm. she talked about like how black women or black people were able to find joy during that enslavement period. And, and she taught, she was saying how she got like backlash because she was examining like the sexual lives of enslaved people and people were kind of like, Oh my gosh. But it's like, Whatever circumstance we're in, I feel like black people are able to find joy. We're able to make each other laugh. We're able to we're able to be in these intimate relationships with people, whether that is, you know, during the enslavement period before that, when we were, you know, kings and queens, like we were still able to find love. And even present day, like you said, some of the circumstances that we're under, we find ways to to still try to be in community with each other and show up for one another. And that's powerful. And it, it's, it's meaningful. And I think that um, it can be exhausting because it takes a lot of effort to continue to, you know, try to fight against the systems that are holding us down while still finding joy. And I think sometimes it's easy to let the joy go. It's, you know, it's easy to just do the work and focus on, you know what you need to do and you you don't have joy you don't have happiness you don't have peace and so i think that um it is powerful when when you can still find find that joy um and that happiness i do want to talk about how black people can show up better for one another and so when i think of black women oftentimes like in the media you'll like people will you know verbally attack black women and sometimes that's at the hands of black men okay and I don't want this to feel like like an anti-black men thing because that's not it. Like, I love black men. Okay. But I also want your take on how can black men show up better for black women? So I think about, for example, like Meg Thee Stallion, Mm -hmm. who um, she wrote a a great op-ed on how the black woman should be protected. And so I think about her and how when she was shot twice mm-hmm. by a rapper slash ex-boyfriend of hers, whomever he was to her, like people were making fun of her. And it's like, there's no empathy sometimes for the black woman. Um, and sometimes that comes from different black men. Now I also understand that exists, but we also have that situation in New York 
where a black woman was trying to buy wine and she was harassed by black men and actually beaten up outside the store, which was tragic. Um, she survived, but the black community came together and that that movement was led by black men that was like protect the black woman. And so they were very clear, like we don't tolerate this kind of behavior in our community. So I get that those things have those things exist at the same time. But generally speaking, how can what do you think about just what do you think about everything I said? Uh, I, I would like a question so I can. Okay. Well, <laughs> well, what do you think about how black men can show up better for for black women okay i don't i don't know i think i think i definitely think you know as black men we definitely can do a better job of protecting the black women in our communities we have a as as men and as you know the leaders quote-unquote leaders of the community we have a certain one of our one of our main roles is to protect and i feel like if you look at um you know, you look at everything that was that happened with R. Kelly, and you and, and during the amount of time that he was, you know, going and 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 making all that money and making us dance and and singing and but behind all that he was doing all these things where he was abusing young girls and, and with, people knew about it. Yeah, and within his circle, there are black men there. There are, you know, within Chicago, there are gangsters. There are all these different people who could have just been like, no, nah, dog, that's not that's not happening on our on our watch. You know what I mean? But there are. A, a, a number of reasons why it was um, allowed to persist. Part of it was he was providing for a lot of people, and so because of the, but so because of that, they kind of like took their put their role of protector and put that on a back burner because they were getting provided for. So, but do you think that do you think that every black man feels like they're a protector of black women? Do you think that that's a one of those shared experiences that's understood? Like that's your role? Do you think that? I mean, I don't, I don't. I mean, the cats I hang around with, and 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 how I grew up, and how I was taught, it was that's that's the role. That's what you're supposed to do. That's what you don't hit on women. You don't, you know, you don't talk to women a certain way. You you're, you be respectful. You when it when it comes when it comes down to it, and it's time for you to. For you to stand up, you need to stand up for black women. Like you know, I, I grew up in a in with my mom. Mm-hmm. My, my mom as a single as a single mom. I have a I have a younger sister. You know that was and then and then my boys like we we have an understanding of yeah that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to protect black women. My grandfather wouldn't hear of it. My my uncle wouldn't hear of it if mm-hmm. if I wasn't if that wasn't how I was behaving. And so so yeah so I I think it is the role of the black man to protect. Again, I don't know how the people were raised. I don't know. I would like to think that's what the shared experience should be. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I think we, I think we could definitely do a better job of being protectors. Go ahead. And I think, sorry, uh, I also think that because, sorry, I'm having trouble articulating because I feel like society is aware that certain identities are more marginalized than others okay so we we speak very not intersectionally about identity so it's like man woman white black and so we don't often look at the intersections but i do think that people know that those intersecting identities like black and woman are more oppressed or disadvantaged in an american context and so i think about like Eldridge Cleaver, who who said, sorry, I'm pointing to my bookshelf because I have 
one of his books. So nice, yeah. Somewhere. Um, but um, I'm thinking about him who said like he wanted to get back at the white race and rape white women, and so he practiced on black girls because he knew that nobody would care. And I've heard that sentiment before, where uh-huh. like you know black girls are going missing and people don't care or I've heard and I can't think of specific people but I've heard like criminals who have said like oh yeah I attacked black women older black women or younger black women because I knew nobody would care and so I feel like there's this un or not unspoken but I feel like people are aware about the intersecting identities and how that impacts our black women's overall experiences and sometimes that's taken advantage of and so when you see things like and I'm not even a huge, I'm not a rap, rap fan. Um, I have a few rappers that I listen to. So um, I'm not a huge uh, Meg Thee Stallion fan in terms of like her rap music because I'm just not a rap fan. But I, I'm a fan of her because I appreciate her being able to speak out about the ways that black women are treated and we're not, you know, protected. And so I think even with her situation, how people were like making fun of her, like when male celebrities are shot, we're like, oh, are they okay? We hope they survive. Like, you know, and we're supporting them. But now it's like this black woman who shot at the hands of a black man and is just kind of like, oh, that's funny. She probably whatever they were saying about her. And I don't know. I just feel like it. I'm glad that that is your mindset about, you know, black men should protect black women and not do things to further harm them i just don't know if everybody's on the same page i mean i mean and and that's i mean and that's a a possibility um and i i can understand where you but it's, it's also it's also like you said you look in the context of we in a white supremacist like context the 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 lessons that are being given to us from a a television standpoint from a music standpoint at times from books popular culture if you look in that context it's not like white men are they treat their women so much better you know but I don't no know. I don't go I, I I think on an individual level maybe they don't treat their women better yeah uh, yeah maybe not but their white femininity is was protected people Emmett Till was murdered for allegedly whistling at a white woman like white women's um, identity is protected. And so I don't know if I would agree with that. So, and it's not necessarily about com- comparing and contrasting because I don't want to center whiteness in a way where it's like, oh, well, white people get to do this talking about because I don't really care about what white people doing. But I will say that there there have been laws that have protected white femininity and many a black men have been killed and harmed because of protecting white femininity yeah so i i guess i just i don't necessarily agree with that statement i think my so my larger point is would you agree that there is a a misogyny problem in in the country like in the country men in general are sexist and so misogynist until they do the work to unlearn that stuff yes and so that's so that's my larger point is that there's a misogyny problem so i feel like it's not so what i'm saying is it those lessons and those it's okay to do x thing to women is is everywhere and so i feel like so yes, so, so i feel like part of it is like and then and then i think what go back to the meg the stallion uh incident that you were talking about it was a lot going on there as far as like why people are doing what they're doing on the internet the internet has it's it's no place for like you can it's very easy to look at twitter and look at instagram and how people are reacting to different things and automatically go oh 
that's that's the general sentiment. That's just one like place, you know what I mean? And that's so I true. feel and so it's um and so it's difficult to really gather anything from what's happening on the internet. Yes, people were being disrespectful, yes, people were talking bad about her, yes, but then it was also another side of it where people were coming to her defense and mm-hmm. men, women, um obviously mostly black women were coming to her defense and doing different things, but I just feel I don't I don't know if we can really take that much from that incident and how it played out on Twitter. Um, I think it's more so of talking to people and having conversations with people. And like, and so my, my worldview has been shaped by that and has been the conversations I have daily with various people, um, black men specifically. And it feels like the general sentiment is protect black women. And that's just, you know, so. And I don't think that her, I don't think that, I don't want that example to be the end all be all. I think that that was just one recent example that I can point to. Um, But I think that overall there have been other instances as well where, you know, black people have been, black women have been attacked in the media. As a black woman, I would say to black men to just listen to us, like, listen to our experiences and and not invalidate them i think sometimes it's like when black women say they experience things it's like no you didn't or that's not true or like we're just not listened to and so when people say listen to black women listen to black women but i also think on the same sense i think black women can do a better job at listening to black men and so I, i i i don't know if this i don't know why this happens but i think sometimes people want to play the oppression Olympics. And so when I think about black men and black women, sometimes it can feel like that, where it's like black men are saying, well, this is my experience. And black women are saying, well, this is my experience and I'm a woman and whatever other marginalized identity. And so I think we can do a better job at listening to one another and and, and affirming one another. Like, yes, you are a black man and in your gender, you might have some privilege, but your experience is affirmed i understand not because i've gone through it too but because i understand the context that we're in and that could be your experience and so i just think across the i'm saying like across the aisle like men or women are sitting across the aisle but like across the aisle like we can do better about understanding each other's experiences not diminishing them Mm -hmm. and just being more empathetic and sympathetic because yes you know, black women have challenges because of our intersecting identities. And those are just the two that we know of, like female and black. But you could also be disabled and lesbian and whatever other identities. And so I think we could just do a better job at listening to one another and really like, I can't think of another word other than protecting, but making sure that each that we both feel protected. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think of protection in, like, the physical sense of, like, oh, let me go get my my spear and, like, you yeah, know, yeah. go fight. Yeah, it's, but, like, it's, an emotional, it's an emotional thing. It's a spiritual thing. It's a, it's a, it's a covering thing. Like, yeah. it's, just cover your partner and cover the individual and, and, and allow them the space to, to get out whatever they need to get out and express whatever they need to express and, 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 and try and build from there. Yeah. So what do you, what advice would you give people to... Who are single. So black men who are seeking to date black women. Oh my gosh. And I only ask that question because sometimes like some of my friends who are single, they'll be like, oh, you've been married for so long. Like you don't understand the struggle. And, you know, I feel like 
I feel like men have more of the power when you're in the courting phase because, you know, if they don't pay you no attention, then... Men have the power? That's what one of my friends said. Interesting. You don't agree? <laughs> I, I don't agree nor disagree. But why you say it like that? It's just interesting. I, I, well, I think she was saying in the sense of like, you know, if he doesn't text back mm-hmm. or if he doesn't call back or if he doesn't want to hang out, like they have all the power. And I was like, no, they don't. She was like, well, you've been married for a while, so you don't understand. So men are the prize? That's what she's saying? And I think that's what she was saying. <laughs> and that's why I was like, I don't agree. Because she might be on to something. No. Because <laughs> if you ask me, I'm the prize. <laughs> so if you don't text me back, you're lost. Like... <laughs> So I don't know. I I don't know. Do you have any advice about no like <laughs> no I, no no I don't you, know. you said to men specifically uh women men or women to people I mean, who are in the dating phase who are trying to trying to establish their black union. I think I don't know. I and I I hate giving advice on this stuff because it's like I'm not quote unquote an expert. I'm not um and what works for me might not work for you. All that kind of for me it works. But you know what I mean? Like, it's not, it's not really, it's, um, it. No. I'm, I'm, I'm not a subject matter expert on this, but I will say the biggest thing is to work on yourself. Yes. And better yourself and read that book you've been meaning to read. And you know what I mean? Like read and. and Find that therapist you've been meaning to. Yeah. I mean, and go and go work out and and, and better yourself physically, all that kind of stuff. And and make sure that you're in a space to allow somebody else in your space and you're not bringing baggage from previous things. And so you can actually build like you can actually build with that person and not just like you're building with that person and you're building on top of that. You're building with the baggage from a previous relationship or a previous experience or, you know, you need some help and. Uh, you know, I just do your work so that you yeah. can come to the table ready to love, like with a clean slate, you know? Yeah, that's exactly. That's, that's all I have. I'm not an expert on this stuff. I mean, are we ever experts about this dating stuff? I mean, you definitely shouldn't be no expert now, but watch your mouth. <laughs> no, you watch your mouth. <laughs> um, but no, so gonna shift gears. You said something earlier that I've made a mental note of in terms of, you know, like black men, you and how you were raised being taught, like to respect the black woman, not to put your hands on them, not to disrespect them. And there was another episode with Paige a while back and we didn't really get to dig into this part of the conversation because we have been like talking so much about other things. But she made a comment about like, why do women think that they can hit men and that's okay, and men can't hit women? Now, I have my own thoughts about that. And I guess I'll share because the way you're looking at me, but and then I'll let you share. Okay. Um, but no, I, 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 that her statement, I wanted to come back to that, and we ran out of time and we weren't able to, and so obviously it's been like sitting in the back of my head. Like we do need to talk about that because I do think that sometimes when we think about respecting the black man and protecting the black man emotionally, like that's part of it like you can't be i feel like sometimes because women have been taught like oh a a real man not gonna hit you they they push they push they poke buttons they might put their hands on you and i don't agree with that like i don't agree that you should ever put your hands on anyone Mm -hmm. period and i think that aspect of it can make it feel 
um, for and I don't know, obviously, because I'm not a black man, but I think for black men, that aspect of being physically and emotionally attacked at home can make the black male experience even worse. I don't know if you remember this, but when we before we got married, Kev gave you a, a photocopy of a book. And I don't know the name of the book. It's somewhere in the closet. And I remember like reading through it and his note on it, because you know I'm nosy. His note on it was like, uh, this book was once controversial. Like, mm-hmm. I want to know your thoughts. And in the book, it's written by a black man. And he's saying like, you know, black woman doesn't understand the black man because they just want to beat us down. And when we come home after experiencing racism, um, you know, we come home and we got to deal with the black woman who is beating us down verbally, emotionally and all this stuff. Now, I didn't agree with half the stuff he was saying because I just feel like, OK, black women also experience racism. But in terms of that toxic energy of like oh i'm gonna physically and emotionally attack the black man that's not okay Mm -hmm. like i don't condone i I don't condone that and i think that that piece if if people are in relationships like that again like you said they need to work on themselves maybe take a break from that relationship and work on themselves so that they can have a healthier union but if people are in relationships like that i think that's what can add to black men feeling like black women don't necessarily understand my plight because they're making it worse at home mm-hmm. so i don't know i know that was a lot but so you want you want my my thoughts on yeah, what, whatever yeah, whatever that, what, you want to share um i can talk about you and I personally. And so I feel like you know there are certain things, certain buttons, certain that will that will get me going. You know that if you say person X did this thing to me, you know what the reaction is gonna be and you know what my limits are. And so I think it's very important for you, the black woman in a relationship with a black man, to know, okay, what where where can I take him and what can I what things am I going to say that will take him to a place of no return mm. to a place of being in danger of being taken being taken to jail being killed by the police whatever it is and how can I bring information to him in a way that's going to be better for all of us mm. and so that's that's not like the reason why so I, I used to always as a kid I didn't a young kid I didn't understand well, if she can put her hands on me, why can't I put my hands on her? But one thing that I learned as I got older was that, you know, the reason why we're taught not to hit women is because of, generally speaking, the how, 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 much, how much more powerful you are and how much more you can hurt the woman, which you might be, I mean, obviously there are like MMA fighters and right. that are, you know, just, that's not going to work. But for the most part, you know that you need to protect. How can I say this? You need to protect. Um, you shouldn't hit women because you know. I mean, it's just not right to put your hands on anybody in the first in the first place. Um, there are different ways to go about, you know, solving conflict, resolving right. conflict. But on top of that, you know that you know one punch or one whatever it is right. could I mean, could kill her and could end her. Like you know what I mean? Basically speak, I think yeah. men, men and women. I feel like you're dancing around it because you want to be PC Um, and I appreciate that I do think that men and women should be on the same playing field with a lot of things like when it comes to jobs and equitable pay and 
you know, access to leadership positions, whatever. I do think that women should be on the same level as men because there are no intellectual cap- differences and capabilities for men and women. Agreed. Now, biologically speaking, men, because of their testosterone and their genetic makeup, whatever, I don't know all the science behind it, are generally stronger than women. Yes. They are generally stronger than women. Um, and that's not to say like, oh, women are the lesser of the two se- yeah. sexes. That's not it. But generally speaking, because of the way that men are built, whether I think it's because of y'all testosterone and a few other chemical things, um, y'all are stronger. And so that's what you're saying. And I think you're trying to say it in a nice way, like, oh, well, men are stronger, but you don't want to say it because you feel like it might sound sexist. But at the end of the day, I mean, men are stronger than women. So that is why... You know, y'all are taught not to hit like just the same way that not to say that not to this comparison is not a one to one comparison, but it's the same way that we're taught to be gentle with children or gentle with elders because we know that we're we might be strong we are stronger than children like you know what i mean or sometimes we might be stronger than elders and so, so are you calling women children no that's why i said it's not a one-to-one <laughs> it's not a one-to-one comparison all right love. i'm, I'm um, just, I'm just but, playing I'm so just so yeah so yeah so i i do agree with you that that is probably why y'all are taught that um and i think sometimes women take advantage of that and so and so and and so that's the thing. And so that and so that's what my whole point of bringing that up is that you shouldn't take advantage of that. You shouldn't like, you know, like it's it it's I don't know if it's not manipulative, but it's 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 hidden. Like it's it's silly to like hit somebody that, you know, is not going to hit you back. And then and then the moment they take off, then it's a problem. Like, you know what I mean? And so, I, so I just feel like, you know, you have to again, like you have to you you know what what triggers somebody you know what pushes somebody's button so don't just you have that guard that information and 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 be gentle and be careful with it and then you know you can help it could it it could make for for a better relationship yeah i think it's important in relationships to try to and i say try because i know that i'm not always uh i don't always do this but i think you're perfect sweetheart don't Boy, quit lying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Gasping a lot of these audience members. Um, but no, I think that it's important to try to lead with love. I think yep. a lot of times people lead in anger, and I've learned that about myself. And I think even you, you, I remember our wedding day very clearly. Um, you may not remember my vows, but even in my vows, I said I will try to be slow to anger. And I know people laughed when I said it, but in my mind, I'm like, yo, I'm serious because I'd be getting real annoyed real quick. But I've learned over the years to try to lead with love and like try to take a different pr- perspective. And I'm, I'm, I, I know that you said I'm perfect. Perfect. I know you said that facetiously, but um, I'm not perfect. And there are times when I don't lead with love, and it, I am like annoyed and frustrated. And those are the times where we have arguments that are not like good experiences. Like you know what I mean. Like, yeah. and so we, I think it's just a reminder. Um, well, we have to remind ourselves to try to lead with love, try to understand the other person's perspective. And if you're in a place, and this is general, this is a general recommendation for interacting with anyone, but try not to communicate when you're upset. So taking a step back and being able to say, like, you know what? Now's not a good time to talk. I'm very frustrated. Let me talk to you in a few minutes when I calm down. Um, But I think that takes a level of maturity that sometimes people don't have. That sometimes people who are in toxic relationships or used to dysfunction, 
that's a skill set they haven't developed. So they will do the things. They will push the buttons. They will like try to trigger someone or they will, you know, put their hands on someone. Um, and I'm speaking specifically about women who do that um, because I think sometimes, I mean, I guess women too, but I think sometimes people who are, who are abusive, which are generally, women can be abusive, but when men are abusive in relationships, I think it's not because like, oh, I'm trying to be toxic or I'm trying to get under your skin. It's a control thing. And that's a, that's a different a different animal that I don't want to attack today. Um, but I did that just sat with me like Paige's question from long, long ago on the cancel culture episode when she said like, why is it okay for women to attack uh, men? And it's not. It's not. And some of that conversation stemmed from you know the Jay Z and Solange fight that happened in the elevator. Um, it's it's not okay. But I think that I think that women do it. And it's not okay. It's just not okay. Agreed. Any other thoughts? I try to stay within time. I know we've been talking for a while, and because it's you, I feel like I'll start talking to you and forget that we're recording for a podcast. So, um, like you do when I'm watching the Blazer game. I watch the games with you. What are you talking about? Like I be watching them with you. I think we talked about the things that I wanted to cover. So I wanted to talk about like how black people can show up better for one another. I think we kind of touched on that. Yeah. Right. Protect. Um, protect and serve, or just protect. I mean, <laughs> I mean. <yeah>. Stop. <laughs> um, so we talked about that. We talked about um, what advice you might have was powerful about being in a black union. The best things about black love. Is there anything else you want to share about black love that we haven't touched on? Uh, no, I don't. I mean, I don't. I mean, it's your show. I'm. You're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I don't know. It's uh, I do think it's the black love is like the one of the most powerful things in the world. And I think when it's done the right way and when it's really practiced, it could be like a saving grace and it could really like help, you know, change the fortunes of our communities. And, and really it's a really powerful thing. And to see it in action and to really be a part of it, um, you know, I'm blessed to to be practicing it, trying to practice it every day with you. Is yeah, it's it's beautiful. Black love is beautiful. Black love is definitely beautiful, especially when it's intentional. Correct. Um, I guess the last thing I'll say, and I do have one last question for you, but the, I guess the last thing I'll say is that um, black love is beautiful when it's intentional, even when it's not, but especially when it's intentional. Um, and I also think that people have to understand that love is difficult. Loving someone is difficult, and so I think people. Um, I've seen this thing on. I think it was Instagram where somebody was like, I'm not in 2021. I'm not teaching people how to love me. I'm not teaching my friends how to be a friend. I'm not teaching my man how to be a man. I just don't agree with that. Like, I don't agree that you shouldn't teach somebody how to you should always teach somebody how to treat you. Now, when you're in a relationship, there are certain things that they should know because y'all been together for X amount of time. But to say that, like, I'm not going to teach you how to treat me, how I want to be treated. Well, ain't nobody, are you a mind reader? Ain't nobody's a mind, like, if you're not a mind reader, then it's like, how would you know? People treat people based on their previous experiences. And so if they've always cursed at their girlfriend and you don't like being cursed at, how would they know that if they never, if you never tell them that? Um, so I, I do think that it takes, it takes work we see these black couples, these, you know, black love hashtags on social media. And we think like, oh, I want that. That's what I want. Like, I feel like sometimes that's what people say. Mm -hmm. And 
they don't see the difficult sides of relationships. The they don't see the work. They yeah. don't see, you know, like people always say relationships are work. And it is because you have to actively work at how to be a better partner, how to be a better person just in general myself, but then how to be a better partner for my partner. A lot of that takes uh, removing ego. Yeah. A lot of like the majority. What's one thing I learned is that's the majority of it is removing your ego. And because that allows you to listen and allows you to like truly hear what's being said and asked of you mm-hmm. um so so yeah. yeah yeah i agree so yeah i just that would be my last little tidbit is that i think that as powerful and beautiful and amazing as black love is it does take work and um i just encourage people to be willing to do the work um and not not fantasize not have romanticize fantasy, romanticize and have fantasies about what black love is yeah, yeah. like because it's it's different for every you know for every couple and there are challenging things that people experience and it's not always gonna be easy so that's that would be my last thing so i always ask my guests a question okay and typically i ask them what do you love about being a black lady adulting but you're not a black lady adulting so what do you love about the show Black lady adulting. Or you could say what you love about being a black man adulting. Oh gosh. Um you, I'll I'll go I'll go with the show. I like um I like how it's your perspective. I like how you're really fine tuning what you think about different things and I can see like the growth throughout the ep- throughout the episodes, throughout the season. And I'm just I'm really proud of you. And really, um, that you were able to do a whole ten episodes. You were able to record. You, I, I've seen the entire process, like in the background, and um, and I'm I'm really excited for you. I'm looking forward to season two, um, and I hope that you continue to pursue this passion. Yeah, I'm I'm proud of you. I'm I'm excited for you. Oh, thanks, babe. Oh, you're welcome. (laughs) Well, that is it for this episode of Black Lady Adulting. Thank you for tuning in. And we will be back for season two. That's it for season one. So thank you for joining us. And thank you, Delon, for joining me today on my last episode of season one. Save the best for last. Thank you for having me. Love, peace, and soul. Bye. (laughs) And now for the... My girl tricked ya. I know you thought it was going to be another My Girlfriend segment, especially since today's episode is the last episode of season one. However, I figured today it might be better to do a message to my listeners. So I started this podcast to give voice to the experiences of black ladies who are adulting. But in many ways, I wanted to highlight the deep love that I have for the black community. And that's why today's episode was about black love. Black love is just not romantic love. And I know Delon and I spent some time talking about romantic love, but it's community love. It's love for friends, love for family. And what that love looks like is different for each group of people. Black love is a commitment to the black community, supporting the black community. It's a decision to provide care um, and support for a person or a group of people. And in this in this case, the black community. So in some ways, this podcast has been a representation of the love that I have for for black people um, globally, not just in a U.S. context. 
That being said, I do know that my listeners aren't only black women. Some of y'all are family, friends, colleagues, classmates, acquaintances who are supporting my efforts. And I am truly grateful for your support. Some of y'all are men. Some of y'all are women of color, non-women of color, non-men of color who tune in each week because you can identify with some of the topics that I've discussed. I've appreciated all the love that I've received, the emails, the Instagram messages, the reposts on social media, all of it. And so as I wrap up season one, I'm grateful to have y'all on this journey with me. I'm grateful for the community that I formed with you all. And I appreciate you all supporting me um, in this journey. I also want to highlight my husband. (laughs) I know that um, he has been, like he said, he's been behind the scenes. So when my recording devices weren't working or I thought I recorded a podcast and it stopped in the middle of the podcast like he's he's seen all of the challenges and he supported me through that and so that was also partially why I didn't want to do my girlfriend segment because he's not he's not one of my girlfriends um and so I appreciate his support as well and as I continue on this journey I'm looking forward to continuing to highlight the voices of the black community and the experiences of the black community in a way that that centers us and makes us feel whole and shows us that we're not alone in some of the challenges that we face. So thanks for tuning in to season one and I look forward to being on this journey with you again in season two.